Amen. God is so good. Let me get my uh, text. Go to the book of James. book of James, we're going to look at the third chapter. Yesterday I was blessed to go to a war game with our very own Pastor Joseph Sevier. Took me to a war game. We sat in box seats. Box seats, man. I mean, that's a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, I was like, whoa, leather seats right in the middle of the court, just a few feet up, right behind. It was just amazing. We had great fellowship, and we were just sharing our hearts. And I was sharing with him as a youth pastor, uh, I I don't want to see these kids struggle and go through the same things I went through. Amen? Amen. And if you have teenage kids, I'm sure you would say the same thing. I don't want to see my kids struggle. Um, I know they're going to struggle. They got to find their way, and there's going to be times they're going to, you know, they're going to nick their toe, and, you know, that's part of growing up. But I I, want to try to save them from undue Uh, disappointment and so me and my wife were burdened we're crying out to God and we're praying we came back Friday God moved mightily amongst the youth just did a a great work the altars were packed the kids were crying they were sharing things they're going through we went home and my wife was like I'm so burdened I just want to see God just move in their lives and and that's been my cry too God I want to see you speed up this thing now you know things take time okay things take time it doesn't come overnight but by the same token we can hinder a process that might only take two years, we might hinder it and make it a 20-year process. And so that's what my concern is. Like, let's not... I don't want them to go through the same things that I went through. I don't want them to get saved at 16 and have to take 10 years to overcome things. 15 years to surrender their life to the Lord. 20 years to overcome different areas in their life sinful habits or, or, or things that they're doing. I don't want, it, it shouldn't take that long. And that's our cry, that's our burden. We were sharing, he was sharing some things with me and I was sharing some things with him. And so that's my prayer today. That what I'm going to share with you is to save you a lot of heartache, disappointment, so that God doesn't say, i got to sit you for a second. I want to bless you and use you but i got to sit you for a second. Because there's things that are destructive in your life. And it's one thing, you know, there's certain sins that we deal with us and God. You know, if somebody's falling into sexual immorality, for the most part, they, they, it's them and God. But there's other things that are like cancer, they just spread. And they could just affect many people. It doesn't just become that person. It's something that could affect many people. And so today I want you to just receive this word. And just open your heart to what the Lord has to say to you today. That you would say, God, I'm willing for you to do whatever you got to do in my life so that I do not hinder your, pur- your purpose in my life. If your timeline and your procedure, if your process is three years, I don't want it to take 30 years. I don't want to be like the children of Israel where they should have went from Egypt to the promised land in a couple days, but instead it took 40 years. And they went in circles for 40 years. We, time is short, you guys. 
I feel that urgency in my heart more than I've ever felt it. Like, God, I'm getting older. I'm not a 16-year-old zealous little kid that got saved off the streets. I'm not a 20-year-old, you know, young man that got married and in the church. I've been saved and I'm, and I'm just zealous and I got the whole world ahead. I'm, I'm getting older. My body's starting to have aches and pains. And I'm starting to, you know, like, I love hot stuff. I love hot sauce. But now, it ain't like before. I could, man, I could eat it like soup, man. Now it's like a little Tabasco. I'm like, oh, boo. <laughs> Oh, I used to get on those spin rides at Great America and, and, and I mean, you know, like the teacups or the Gravitron, that big UFO looking thing. And man, I'd get on there and people would be throwing up, but I'd be on there and I'd upside down and let's do it again. And, and people just get dizzy looking at it. It wouldn't bother me. Now I get on for a second. I'm like, we got to go home, man. <laughs> Tell the kids to hurry up because I don't feel good anymore. You know? time I see that time is starting to leave it's it's passing me by I don't have the same time that I had when I was 20 when I thought I was invincible and I God is going to use me and I got time so please I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that today you would open your heart to the words of God these are the words of God father I just pray that father you would just remove every veil I pray that you would remove anything that would hinder your people from receiving this word. I pray, God, that you would soften the soil of our heart and that you would get a great harvest from your word. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. James chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. He says, many of you should, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Say, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's deep. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. There's two things I want to look at through this passage. There's a lot of things in there. You go home and study it, and it's extensive. I mean, if you go from here, it'll just shoot you all over the place because there are so many principles taught here. But I want to look at two of them. 
The first thing is in verse 6. He says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. It corrupts the whole person. The tongue corrupts the whole person. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 11, the Pharisees, they were, they were very religious and, and self-righteous. And they're looking down on people because they didn't wash their hands. The disciples were about to get their grub on and they didn't wash their hands. And they were like, you know, you're getting defiled because you didn't, eat, you didn't wash your hands when you're about to eat that hamburger. Go wash your hands. You don't know where them hands have been. You're about to defile yourself. And Jesus says this, he says, what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. He says, it ain't what you put in your mouth that makes you unclean, it's what comes out of it. What comes out of your mouth makes you unclean. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6. Excuse me, I got a little sore throat. Uh, my gardener came yesterday and whacked every single weed in my house. And I got bad allergies and that stuff's in the air and it just messed me up. <laughs> Isaiah 6. We'll start in verse 1. You guys there? Yeah. Amen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Verse 5. This is the prophet's response. He sees the Lord. He sees the Holy One. High and lifted up. What's his response? Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. He sees God's holy presence, and all of a sudden, he begins to realize, I got unclean lips. And not only me, but the people I live among, they got unclean lips. Woe unto me, I'm ruined. When we get into the presence of God, the closer we get to, to the presence of God, it does, it's no longer about having sex outside of marriage or smoking drugs or, 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 or things like that that are ours. The closer you get, God begins to challenge you in the way you speak, the way you think the thing. When I was young, I wouldn't cuss you out in the Lord. When I was young in the Lord, I wouldn't cuss you out because I knew I couldn't cuss no more. But in my mind, amen. I, you know, my boss would say something crazy to me and I'd be like, I got a muzzle in my mouth and I'd walk away, but in my head, that bleep, 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 and nothing. But there came a time where God's like, um, I hear that. The deeper we go with God, God begins to go deeper in our lives because the Bible says that God desires truth in the inner parts, that he teaches us wisdom in the innermost place. He teaches wisdom not in our head. He teaches us in the innermost place. The way we speak, the things we say that are negative, they corrupt us. I had 
Last year, I hired, yeah, it was last year. Last year, uh, I, I run a trucking company. And this guy called me. He got my number through somebody. And he said, I want to work for you. I heard that you could find me some work. And I'm, you know, I'm down on my luck. I just bought this new truck and I got this, you know, and I just need some help and I'm, I'm going to work hard and look at my resume. And I mean, I looked at his truck. I went and met him. He seemed cool. His truck was nice. I'm like, well, it ain't going to be breaking down all the time. So that's good. He seemed very respectful. How you doing, Mr. Oscar? You, you know, I'm, I'm probably younger than him. And he's like, Mr. Oscar, and just very respectful. And he's like, I want to work for you. I work hard. I don't mind. I'll stay out as long as I need to. I need to make some money. I was like, I was like, okay, cool. And he showed me, uh, you know, and he said, so-and-so ref referred me. And on the outward, everything looked very good. But something inside of me was like, inside of me, I was like, something about this brother I don't like. I don't know what it is. I shouldn't do it. But I'm like, man, that's just fear, man. That's just fear. I'm just, a, that's just fear. No, no, no. He's cool. And I, you know, I could use the extra income. I need to grow my fleet. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I shared it with my wife, and she was like, well, I don't know. You know, you should probably go with your gut. And I'm like, yeah, but that could just be fear, though, you know. I hired him. He was a good worker, too. Worked hard, turned in his paperwork on time, called me. But then, lo and behold, my brother comes up to me one day, and he was like, yeah, I met so-and-so at this uh, shipping dock. And he was talking all kinds of mess. I guess he didn't know that that was my brother. And I had this other worker who was a hard worker, and, you know, he, he used to do, like, you know, he had a really bad job, and he had just got his truck, and he just came on with us, and he was happy, man. He was just, I gave him a load, and he was happy. He just went to work. He wasn't complaining. He just went to work. And all of a sudden, it's like the same, the, this guy that I hired would always complain about something, though. This load don't pay enough. Man, I'm waiting too long at this shipper. This is happening. This is happening. I'm like, I'm trying to work with him. I'm like, look, this is what is going on. This is what's going on. All these things. And then pretty soon, my other driver started saying similar things. I'm like, he sound like that brother. <laughs> to make a long story short, this guy was polluting all the workers' heads. So now a guy that was really content, all of a sudden he's not content. Whereas before he's like, no, this is fair rate. These are fair rates. This is fair. Now he's like, this ain't fair. We should be getting more. He polluted them. Had another situation last year. A guy called me. He wanted to be a company driver. And I met him, and he seemed like a cool guy. Been in the industry 30 years. Looked legitimate. And I was, once again, I felt that. Man, everything looks good. He's a veteran, you know. A lot of times I'll hire people that don't have experience and they'll mess up my equipment. They, you know, they don't get there on time and it just looks bad on me. This guy knows what he's doing. So I shared it with my sister and my wife. They're like, I don't know about this guy. I'm like, well, he's cool and da-da-da. And I'm trying to convince them why it's cool. <laughs> Lo and behold, the same thing happened. Talking heck of bad about me. Heck of bad. The tongue. There was something about him that just didn't sit right with me. I've been around people that do drugs and I didn't feel like that when I was around them. I've been about around immoral people that have sexual immorality issues and I didn't feel like that about them. There was something just about them that was unclean, man. 
Lo and behold, they would tear people down, gossip like crazy. Nothing has destroyed more churches, friendships, or marriages than an untamed tongue. Nothing. Proverbs 10.12 says, Hatred stirs up dissension. Hatred does that. Stirs up dissension. It defiles us. The enemy wants us, he wants to pollute us so that we can declare, so we can speak those things. It affects us in so many ways. And I want to show you a few ways. The children of Israel, God says, I'm giving you the land, right? They send out 12 spies to go look at the land. Two of them come back with a good report. We could take the land, but there's 10 that say, no, we can't. There's just giants in the land. There's no way we can do it. And their unbelief and their bad report defiled everybody else and kept them from going into the promised land. Our words can affect not just us, but others. And it doesn't have to be blatant. A lot of the times, you know, it's kind of like if I remember one time the Lord told me, he said, you're prideful. No, no, he said, you have anger issues. And I was like, no, I don't. And I thought of this brother that does have anger issues. He's really bad. You step on his toes, he's like, man, man, he stepped on my toes. And I'm like, no, that brother has anger issues. I don't have anger issues. In comparison to him, I made myself feel good, but in comparison to God, I had anger issues. And so a lot of times we think of people that don't know how to tame the tongue, and we think about like straight gossipers. Just, oh man, I can't stand that brother. He ain't nothing but a woompty woomp. And did I tell you so? And we think very, like in a very big sense, but it could be so much more subtle than that. Hey, Joseph, bro, what's up with these 21 day prayers, man? People are busy, man. People got things to do. What did you just do to him? He was probably excited about it. Now that's true. That is so unreasonable. Hey, Danny. Dude, did uh, Dr. C ever apologize to you for what happened, bro? Nah, man. That ain't cool. He's supposed to be an elder. What are you doing to that person? You know how many people don't go to church anymore because they had a, a session? They were just talking about things, you know, you know, can I just share something with you, brother? What? And I just don't think that we should won't 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 won't. Yeah, I think the same thing too. You know, I've been thinking that and, you know, da-da-da and da-da-da. Yeah, and, you know, this and this and that. That person ends up leaving. You stay. But now they're gone and they didn't find another church. They're out in the world getting tore up by the devil because you didn't know how to shut your mouth. Oscar, who do you think you are, bro? I have been a victim of it, and I've also been the instigator of it. I have hurt people that I love because I didn't know how to shut my trap. I brought division in my church because I didn't know how to shut my trap. Nobody else was seeing that but me. But I had to say something, get it off my chest. Now you got ten people that are like, 
The Bible says to honor one another. Lift them up high. God sets people in the body of Christ that are going to help you. And it's not always just the pastors or the elders. It could be a brother. There, there's somebody in this church that can directly help you, that has, that has wisdom that you don't have, that has been through some things that they can take you towards your destiny. But because somebody comes and says, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, brother so-and-so, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever. Now you're like, huh. And when we don't honor one another, we bring each other down. When you honor someone, you think highly of them. And so when they say something to you, you receive it. It changes your life. When you honor someone, think of someone you honor, a pastor or a leader. If someone that you honored, a a world-renowned speaker, for me, I love John Bevere. If John Bevere, if I met John Bevere and he was to say something, brother, God shared this with me, it would be like, whoa, God said that about me. But there's other people that I don't honor very much that to me I don't think they're all that. If they say something to me, it would be like, whatever. And so the enemy is always constantly trying to throw and sow thoughts in our minds to defame one another and to destroy one another. And the closer you get with God, the more you're going to realize, I got to put a muzzle on my tongue. I got to control it. It defiles me. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, sin is, is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. You know what? You don't always have to say what you're feeling. Sometimes it's okay to just shut up. I ain't got nothing good to say, so I'm going to just shut up. Proverbs 10, 21, the lips of the righteous nourish many. We're supposed to nourish people with our words. Pastor Benjamin shared last week how the comment, one comment by a, by a little, like a little, he was basically a fool, what he shared about, about looking down at women's chests messed him up. One small comment messed him up. Proverbs 11.9 says, with his mouth the godless destroys his neighbor. Another side of this coin that I want you to see in Job 42.7 God rebukes Job's friends and he says, I am not pleased with them because they did not speak what was right about me. As young believers, as young believers, it's just like in the natural. You know, teenagers, they think they know everything. That's just, that's just we all go through that. My mom and dad who have lived 35 years, 40 years, they know less than I do and I've only lived 13 And that happens in the church. You got young believers come in the church, zealous, memorize a little verse. They're on fire, man. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting down, you know, talking to Pastor Joseph, Pastor Benjamin. They shared that, you know, this area of my life, you know, I'm believing God for a wife. And they said that I need to wait and believe God and to just focus on the Lord. Uh, bro, I mean, you know, you got to read the Bible, though, because Jacob... He went looking for his wife. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, sometimes you got to make things happen, bro. That's what Joe's friends were doing. 
This is what's going on, Job. This is why you're sick, because of this. And they had all this stuff that sounds wise, it just wasn't applicable to Job. He says, they didn't speak of me what's right. Oh, you know, God wants you to be happy. You know, I'm struggling in my marriage, bro. What should I do, man? Well, bro, I mean, man, God wants you to be happy. And if that woman keeps disrespecting you like that, bro, you got to put her in check. You got to let her know who's boss. Because the Bible says that you, they need to submit to us. And the Bible says that we're the head. And God is saying, you ain't speaking what's right of me. Leave her, bro. God wants you happy. You know, sister, you know, I had an issue with someone at the church and, you know, they told me that, they, you know, I heard that they were like talking behind my back and I'm hurt, you know. I don't know what to do. I feel like leaving because every time I see him, I'm just mad. Who knows who else is talking bad about me? Ah, you know what? That's how they treat you at that church. You need to go. I don't play that. You know, I've been at 10 churches already and I don't play that. You say something about me, I'm out. Because there's many churches. And God is saying, what you're speaking about me is not right. In that story, I love, there was, a, there was a young guy there that was listening to this dialogue between the three friends and Job. And basically, when he begins to speak, he's got wisdom. He speaks right before God does. Forgot his name. It, 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 I forgot it right now. But anyway, he says that he observed their conversation. These elders are talking amongst themselves and he's observing their conversation. And he says, you know, I, I figured let age speak. Eventually he had to say something because these guys were just talking foolishness. But his initial response was, I'm going to just let them talk. He had a humility about himself. We need to speak what's right about God and it's always not just the letter. We could say what the letter says, but it's deeper than just the letter. It's the spirit. In Proverbs 13, 13, 3, he says, He who guards his lips guards his life. He who guards his lips guards his life. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. I went through a very difficult season in my life where people were saying some evil stuff about me that wasn't even true. And I had relationships with people that I loved and they loved me. But because of this situation, even to this day, our relationship's never been the same because of the way they view me. Because somebody was saying nothing but negative stuff that wasn't even true. We were close friends, but we were separated because of gossip. Proverbs 18, 17, look at this. It says, a fool's mouth is his, un is his undoing. A fool's mouth is his undoing. And his lips are a snare to his soul. They're a snare to his soul. You want a snare in your soul? I want to know Jesus, man. 
I don't want a snare in my soul. I don't want my, my lips to be my undoing. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's both positive and negative. There's power of life or death. Will you use your mouth to, to bring life or to bring death? This is serious. This is serious. I remember as God began to break me, I went through one particular situation where God had to just uproot it out of my life. He said, we got some issues with you, uh, buddy. And we got to break this. God is trying to be smooth and, you know, we got this bad decaying tooth and he's trying to put on some Novocaine and, you know, just numb it a little so he can pull it out. But there comes a time where it's like, boy, come here. He's like, I want to work with you in this area. You know, this ain't right what you're doing. You know, like keep going that way. And God's like, okay, come here. I got to cut you. This is going to kill you. And not only is it going to kill you, if it's going to kill you, we can work with them. You're killing heck of others too. Because what you're saying and all your bitterness and all your anger, it's destroying others. Not just you. So Isaiah sees the presence of God and immediately he realizes that he is a man of unclean lips. But I love that God doesn't leave him there. That God doesn't say, you unclean guy, you need to get out of here. No, it says in verse 6, Isaiah 6, 6, look what he says. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. God doesn't leave him there. He gets a coal and he puts it on his mouth. And he purges his mouth. And he says, now you're clean. God will do that for us. There's a book called The Way of the Heart. I would recommend that you all read it. It's a very popular book here at Living Hope. And he talks about, he said, you know, it's like imagine like you have a, a cottage. And in this cottage you have a fire burning. But you open the door, and all of a sudden, what's going to happen? If it's cold outside, but in this cottage, the doors are closed, and you've got a fire, and it's nice and warm and toasty, what happens if you open the front door? The, the, the heat leaves, and it starts getting cold. And he used that analogy to compare the tongue. When we like to talk a lot, or when we're always saying things, when we're opening, opening our, our mouth all the time, being very opinionated, or saying whatever, it's like that fire that's burning in our heart. It just begins to leave. And so when we speak, there's no power in our words. There's certain people that when they say something to you, man, it's like power, weighty. Certain people will say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Shallow that can be. And other people will say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it's like revelation just, just hits you, man. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. Because they've learned to guard their mouth, their heart. They've learned to be entrusted with God's truths. When God shows us something, 
You know, those of you that have the spirit of discernment, some of you have the gift of discernment. 